Do you have your Bibles? Let's go now to the reading of the word of the Lord. I'll give you time now to open your Bibles to the book of Job. This will be our uh, meditations for today. How it is to stay sharp for a man like Job who had been through the massive testings of his faith who had been through the rough and tumbles of life. And yet, if you know the story of Job, he remained sharp despite everything. And so, let's start with Job chapter 1. I'll be preaching also some parts of chapter 2. But if you have your Bibles right now, read along with me. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Is that okay? Read this out loud together in your homes. Let your voices resound. Ready. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys. And he had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and, would have, would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, or Satan, some people would pronounce it, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, Have you not put a hedge around him? And his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. Verse 11. But stretch out. Stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then. Everything he has is in your hands. But on the man himself... Do not lay a finger. And then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking, they were drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God 
fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants and I am the only one who escaped to tell you and while he was still speaking another messenger came and said the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off they put your servants to the sword and I am the only one who escaped to tell you and while he was still speaking yet another messenger came and said your sons and your daughters they were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house it collapsed on them and they are dead and I am the only one who escaped to tell you at this Job got up and tore up his robe and shaved his head and he fell to the ground in worship and he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked will I depart. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And in all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Now flip your Bibles now to Job chapter 2. Job chapter 2, go to verse 7. Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. Job 2.10 and Job replied, you're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. The Lord add blessings. And now the preaching, to the preaching and the reading of his word. In Jesus' name. My friends, tumandaman tayo hanggang isang daang taon sa mundong ito or however long God will allow you or allow us to live in this world I think we will never be able to fathom the agony that this man named Job had to endure in this specific narrative in the Bible I don't know how much suffering you're going through right now I don't know how much COVID times have brought you intense breakage of your heart but today's word is accept. Accept good. Accept adversities. If you believe that all of these have been permitted by the Lord, if you believe that all of these have somehow in the sovereign will of the Lord been given permission to happen unto you, if you want to stay sharp in these times of uncertainties, accept. Let us pray. Father, I admit that this is a difficult sermon to preach. For in the times we are going through, many people, Lord, are already depressed, and many people are sad, many people are in the blues, many people are just down and out. But Lord, we thank you that by your grace you have allowed the story of Job to be recorded in the pages of the scriptures. 
So that, Lord, present believers like all of us, or even, Lord, those that are seeking for answers from your word, they can chance upon, they can scrutinize every word that comes out of this story. And somehow, Lord, allow our hearts to relate to what might have happened to Job, to the things that are happening unto us now. And so, Lord, we ask now that question. How is it, Lord, to accept the things coming from you, especially the bad ones? Holy Spirit, speak unto us now. For only you can clarify this in the depths of our hearts. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Everyone will say, Amen. One great scientist, his name is George Washington Carver. If you have known his story, George Washington Carver is the one that invented the peanut butter. He asked God one day, he said, Lord, tell me the secrets of the universe. And he said, God answered him in his prayers. Oh, the universe is too big for you, George. And so he said, Lord, how about the peanut? Can you explain to me the mystery of the peanut? And God seemed to have answered him, okay, it's about your size. And so the Lord gave him the answer. And out of that, he invented multiple products from the peanut. And one of that is your most favorite, peanut butter. I love George Washington Carver. And um, one of his quotes that I always go back to, he says, and I quote, How far you go in life depends on your being tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the striving, and tolerant of the weak and strong. Because someday in your life, you will have been all of these. I love that. People who have been through the rough and tumbles of life, people who have been through the heartaches, people who have been dealt with the blows of the imperfections of our human existence, people who have stared at death and suffered the ignominy of brokenness, these people, if they are able to process the pains that have been dealt them, if they've been able to process the lemons that have been given them, they're the ones who come out and they say, let's make lemonade out of this. They become empathetic to those who are suffering. They become tolerant to those that are struggling. They become even an encouragement to those people who are also or maybe are currently struggling and grappling and wrestling with the many questions that sometimes the answers just don't come as easily as we wish. For me, my friends, that's the wisdom that we can draw from, that we can drink deeply from in moments like this. COVID times, times like this, times that have just reeled us in this spinning times of disorientations. If we are able to process this and ask the Holy Spirit precious lessons that He would want us to walk away from or walk away with, we will come out of this sharper as ever, better, or more effective to be of use in the kingdom of the Lord. Because my Kababayans right now in summer are reeling from the ill effects of the typhoon Ambo. Let me remind you, my friends, that we have a song in summer entitled Binglad. For the Nanwarai Warais, Binglad is the rice grain. When you harvest it, 
you don't go and mill it. Hindi mo kagayan ipapa molino, we call it. You have to dry it under the sun. And uh, once it's being dried in the sun, it's called binglad. And so what does the farmer do? The farmer has his rake. He makes sure that he stirs it occasionally so that the binglad or the grains that are below or under can have the chance to be exposed to the sun. And one of our composers, Mr. Rebadulia, if I am not mistaken, composed a song called Binglad that tells us of the nature of life where life is always stirred by God. And therefore, you can never ever boast. If you are having the grandest times of your life today, when your life seems to be perfect, when your life is favored, when your life is healthy and strong, the song says, Ayaw tapod sa imhibaw-baw. Kayaan Diyos gudla ang nadadayaw. So God san binglad, may palarum naman. So God san binglad, mahibaw-baw naman. I'm speaking in tongues here, ladies and gentlemen. But for my warai-warais, you know the depth of the wisdom of it. Just like this um, grain of palai that's being put under the sun, God and faith and life has a way of stirring so that those that are at the bottom can have the chance to enjoy the mountaintops. And those that are enjoying success, never trust in your success because in one flick of a finger, in one beat of a heart, your fortunes can change. And therefore, when the song says, and just good land that means only God can be praised. It's a song that talks about humility. It's a song that talks about realities of life. When you know when you know, just one COVID virus can change and alter the entire landscape of the world. Just two hours of Ambo beating on summer now leaves us with broken bridges and or homes without roofs. You see, my friends, in the Bible, as we have read a while ago, it started with a picture-perfect life of Job. A picture-perfect life, an enviable life. A life that is worth aspiring for. A life that must be the content or the... Um, yun ang laman ng prayers mo. Sana maging katulad ka at mapasayo ang pagpapala ng isang taong katulad ni Job. And I will not reread what we just read, but Job was like a man, the greatest of all people in the East. He was a man of good reputation. He was a man of integrity. He was a man whose counsel probably was sought by the wise men of his age, of his time. Who wouldn't want that kind of life, huh? And because he walked in the ways of wisdom, because he walked in the fear of the Lord, our reading today said he was blessed with such fine families. Seven sons, three daughters, and a picture of a family that was just neatly, um, well knit together. A family that loved each other, that they would have continual feast, that this family always enjoyed the favor and the love of one another. And the reading today told us that Job was also blessed materially. He had thousands of sheep and oxen and camels and even a large number of servants that were at his beck and call. A man whose life was marked by blessedness and prosperity. But more than all these, Job took seriously his role as the priest of his home. 
He took seriously the mandate that he would be the intercessor for his family. So even if his children were walking the good and upright ways, Job would go to his altar and burn offerings just in case may pagkakasalang ginawa at nagawa ang kanyang mga anak. And so here is a picture of a father who took seriously the priestly calling of how it is to be an intercessor for his family. Thank God for fathers like this. I can't wait to celebrate Father's Day in Lighthouse. Para sila naman ang ating mabigyan ng prizes. A family that celebrates together, a family that prays together, a family that feasts together. What could be better than that? That's scene number one. But scene number two unfolds before us. Scene number two, kung kayo po ay nanonood ng Netflix, di ba? Palagi may mga subtitles, may nakalagay dun sa Netflix, Deep Foreboding Music. Or minsan nakalagay, Ominous Music. When scene number two presents itself, there was a deep, foreboding, ominous music. But here's the catch. Job never knew about this. That apparently, in the heavenlies, Satan sought the audience of God. He had access to the throne room of the Father. And he started inciting God. When God asked him, Satan, where have you been? And Satan said, oh, just going to and fro in every corner of the earth. And it was not recorded, but I could just, because I know the nature of our accuser, because I know the nature of the adversary of our souls. Satan means the adversary, the enemy. That's what it literally means. That Satan or Satan told God that he was going to and roaming the whole earth. And maybe he accused God. Maybe he presented unto God an obvious point. You know what, God? Your creation, your people, even your so-called believers, as I roamed around the earth, I just found them depraved to the bone. You know what, God? You are an utter failure. You created something and your creation, all of them have rebelled against you. That must have been a good line of Satan, even though it's not recorded, but I guess it's faithful. I believe it's faithful to the text because it's the very nature of the demon. Satan hates everything that God loves. To his gut, to his heart, kung ano ang mahal ng Diyos, kinamumuyan ng sobra-sobra ng ating kalaban na si Satanas. And so, in that course of conversation, God said, Have you considered, my servant Job, if you're telling me that everyone on earth is bad and depraved and corrupted, oh, you should consider my servant Job. He is upright, he worships me, he shuns evil, he has fear of me. And so Satan makes this accusation. He says, oh, no big deal. You know why a man like Job worships you? You know why, you know why a man like Job gives you his offerings and his praises? Simply lang, because you favor him. Because you bless him. You give him his Hedge, your hedge of protection. You give him his livestock. You favor every work of his hand. In other words, Satan is saying, you know what, God? You're not really worthy of worship. You know why? Because you have to buy off your people just for them to praise you. That's the kind of God you are. That's the nature of evil, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that he can do to inflict hurt in the heart of the Lord. He cannot destroy God. He cannot defeat God. But Satan knows he could 
hurt our God. And so that was the intense accusation. He accuses God that even this man called Job, named Job, he's really nothing. He's a depraved person. He only worships you because you bless him. And so the Lord says, okay, let us see. He gives Satan the permission. You can touch him now. Let us see if your accusation will hold in this court. Scene number three. Of course, Job did not have any idea of this, what he called celestial wager. This celestial debate between God and Satan. And maybe for Job, that day ended for him just like any other perfect day. Maybe as he laid his head on the pillow, kissed his wife, and he said, My love, just another perfect day, huh? And they said their thanksgiving prayers unto God. They just had dreamless, blissful sleep that night. And that following day opened up. And Job yawned and stretched and had his favorite breakfast, the best coffee that the land could offer. Little did he know that that day that began perfectly will forever change his life. Little did he know that that day would end up as a living nightmare for Job. Scene number three. Action! Siguro nag-iinat-inat pa lang si Job. Our reading today says, one servant came running and he says, Oh Job, your oxen, the Sabaeans, the Sabaeans came and they took away all your oxen, even put to the sword your servant. And maybe Job was shocked because he was the most loved man. Who could do this to me? How could they do this to me? And the word of God says, while the servant was still speaking, another servant came running. Oh, Job, fire from heaven consumed and burned all your sheep, even your servants. Only I escaped to tell you. And Job was now in deeper shock. And while the servant was speaking, another servant came running and said, Oh, Job, the Chaldeans came and they took away your camel, camels and your donkeys. And while the servant was speaking, a fourth servant came running. Hindi siya makatingin kay Job, but by the sobs that he had, Job knew that something worse just happened. And true enough, the servant said, Your daughters and your sons are now all dead. My friends, the day that started as another perfect day, just turned out to be a living nightmare for Job. My friends, as I said a while ago, mabuhay man tayo ng isang daang taon, hindi natin lubos na maiintindihan at mapanghahawakan ang bagsik ng pagdadalamhati at kalungkutang sumagi kay Job at this very moment. His life that was picture perfect just two scenes ago. But now everything was gone. First, livelihood was gone. Second, trans food was gone. Third, transportation was gone. Fourth, family was gone. You see, in Hebraic numerology, Pastor Sam Sadi was telling us about this when we were having devotions in the book of Job. In Hebraic numerology, the number four is a number of completeness. Kaya meron tayong north, east, south, west. Complete. That's why you have the four seasons of the year, winter, spring, summer, fall. That's why you have the four elements of nature, water, 
uh, earth, wind, fire, all of this. Four is a number of completeness. And Pastor Sam was telling us, the four tragedies that befell upon Job was like, in their perspective, must be a final judgment on Job. That Job must have done something wrong. That Job must have done something that irked the anger of the heavenlies. Can you relate to this, my friends? Parang COVID times. Una-una, tinanggalan tayo ng livelihood. Bawal ka na magtrabaho. No work, no pay. Pangalawa, wala ka ng makain. Kaya ngayon, naghihintay ka sa sardinas na ibibigay sa ni Kapitan. Pangatlo, wala ka ng masakyan. Clear na clear ang traffic, except na lamang kung meron kang private vehicle. But worst, the more than thousands of people that perished because of this COVID virus just broke the hearts of so many people. Four judgments that seem to have come one after another. Hindi man lang makahinga si Job and everything was never the same again. Let me relate this to our current situation. Nung magsimula ang 2020, Taal Volcano, boom! And everyone was buying face masks because the ashes were just so lethal to the lungs. And while we were still speaking, boom, COVID virus. And while we were still speaking, boom, ABS-CBN shut down. And while we were still speaking, boom, typhoon ambo was in our midst. You see, my friends, life refuses to be neat. I would like to talk to the young people here today. It will always be good to hear of messages that uplift souls. It will always be good, young people, and I know, given a choice, you'd rather hear a message that talks about prosperity and messages that talk about life and enjoyment and merriment. Who wouldn't want to hear messages like that, huh? Feel good themes for sermons. But you see, let me encourage you. People that are adept at dealing with adversities, when you are in touch with the imperfections of life, you are better equipped. You will be better equipped to grapple with the realities that will come upon you, that will come unannounced, the unforeseen that will break your heart to pieces. If you are, if you are just living in a um, bubble, in an Alice in Wonderland reality where everything is sweet and good and nice and everything is okay unto you. When COVID times come, you can never stay sharp. When COVID times come, you'll find yourself being disoriented. And that's why there's a reason I believe that Job had been written in the canon of the scriptures because we've got to have somebody, a human being to model after, of course, aside from Jesus Christ. How do you deal with adversities like this. Scene number four. I call this Job's acceptance. Job's life is a beautiful reminder that yes, things might go awry. Things might go into this disoriented phase. But for Job, instead of shaking his fist to the heavenlies, for Job, instead of cussing at God, the most famous verse in the Bible, Job would say, Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. The Lord gave, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Or another version, may the name of the Lord be praised. And in all of this, Job did not sin against God. He accepted it. Job's 
adversity trainings. Maybe Job was not always a rich man. Maybe Job had his bout of poverty. Maybe Job had his moments when life was difficult and life was harsh. And by his own eyes, with his own eyes, he witnessed how the Lord lifted, up, lifted him up from the mire and the clay. And now Job was the most successful, the most prosperous. And then adversity strike, Job knew. He has given me, he has taken away from me. So I bless the name of the Lord in all of this. Oh, my friends, I pray that we will have this deep level of acceptance when COVID times hit us. But wait, round one pa lang yun para kay Satanas. So Satan went back to God. And maybe God had a smile on his face. I told you, Satan, Job would never relent. He has still kept his integrity until today. But you know what? Satan had another proposition. He said, skin for skin. You know why Job still continues to worship you? Because he's still healthy. Uh, yeah, he lost his children. Yeah, he lost his livelihood. Yeah, he lost his camels. But he's still very robust and strong. You know what? If you remove his health, I'm telling you, if you strike him in his bones, he will curse you to your face. So again, God must have just had this deep faith in the tenacity of Job, that God, in his infinite wisdom, he said, okay, he's yours, just don't kill him. And you know what happened? Job, as our reading would go a while ago, he was struck with boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Pigsa, mga kaibigan. Have you ever had pigsa in your life? I had. Twice po. Once when I was in college, I was struck here. Another one when I was probably working, I was already working, I was struck here. It was just miserable time. I will not even discuss with you the details of that. Imagine Job, mula ulo hanggang kalingkingan ng paa, hitik na hitik sa pigsa. You know what in Lilocano, pigsa means kalakasan. But not so for the Tagalogs. Kaya meron daw Ilocanong pastor, nag-pray dito sa Maynila. Sabi niya, Panginoon, bigyan mo kami ng pag-ibig. Sabi ng mga Mandalenyo, Opo, bigyan mo kami ng kapayapaan. Opo, bigyan mo kami ng... Nakalimutan niya ang Tagalog ng yung lakas. Sabi niya, bigyan mo kami ng pigsa. Sabi ng mga Mandalenyo, Huwag po! <laughs> Hindi mo gugustuhin ang pigsa, kapatid. But Job, oh, he was just stricken by this from head to toe. Now, another classic line. His wife confronted him when Job was, his, was, was in this poor and destitute state in his life. His wife approached him, and you know what the wife said? Are you still holding on to your integrity? And the wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Now, wait. Before you become atrocious or you become angry towards this wife. Please understand that the wife of Job just lost her 10 children. Just few days back before Job got the boils, he, Job, and his wife, they stood in 10 graveyards that represented precious years of memories that will never come again. And for people that have been so vastly afflicted by life and its hurts and its imperfections sometimes I'm not encouraging this but as I have counseled so many people that are suicidal 
They think, they feel that death is a better option than to face another day with their hurts. Than to face the uncertain days waiting and waiting for that absolution that would never come. And so, in the despair, in the delirium, in the disorientation of this wife, she went to her husband and she said, just curse God so that once and for all, God will strike you and you will have your rest from all these heartaches that you have been dealt with. And the classic answer of, of Job was this. Don't talk like a foolish woman. Don't talk like you've never known God. Don't talk like you've never known the nature of the Lord. And she said, shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? My friends, acceptance is powerful. I call this the S-curve of existential struggles. The S-curve of our struggles as people. It always starts when pain is dealt us. When we've been given that bad card of a life. When you've been given that sudden twist and turn of your life and you are now face to face with the pains and the struggles and the imperfections of humanity. That will, that will start you in this slope of descent when you will have your wrestling with your theology. Maybe that's the feeling of the wife of Job. Where is God now? Are you still holding on to your integrity? Or questions like, how can God permit evil in this world? Or theological questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? If God is really sovereign, why can't he stop this typhoon? If Jesus is really powerful, why can't he speak now and stop this COVID? You will have your wrestling with your theology. But it is when you now accept reality that you'll start to process all of this and probably think, Maybe this is for our good. Maybe this is for our betterment. Maybe this is for the development of our character. And it is when you accept reality that you now go to the freedom from iniquity. That Job was able to accept his lot in life. And in all of this, he did not blaspheme God. He did not curse God. He did not shake his fist against God. And because of this, he was free from the sin even despite the pains that he went through. Oh, I pray, mga kapatid, that even when tragic things still occur to us today, that we will be ushered by the Holy Spirit, by His power, into this deep sense of acceptance of the immense wisdom of the Lord that sometimes is just way past our ability to fathom. And we should be careful with our theology as well. Let us not always come to people who are suffering and tell them that maybe you have done something evil. That's why God is punishing you. I remember this story that a lay leader in church went to his pastor and he said, Pastor, please pray for me. You know, my house was struck by the typhoon and it is now in shatters. Please pray for me, Pastor. And the pastor, with all his theological voice, he said, I've been telling you, ayusin mo na kasi ang buhay mo because I've been telling you, pag hindi mo inayos ang buhay mo, bad things like this can happen to you. And the churchman said, yeah, wait, 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 pastor. Di po ba nasira din ang bahay ninyo nung nakaraang bagyo? And the pastor said, oh, the unsearchable ways of the Lord beyond our understanding. 
Sometimes it's so quick for many people to castigate fellow Christians and say, maybe God is angry at you. But when bad things happen to them, they're so quick to say, oh, God is merciful and His ways are beyond me. And so as I end, mga kapatid, I pray that as we go through this, we will partake of the blessings of the Lord that sometimes come in different ways. That sometimes the blessings of the Lord come through tears. That the blessings of the Lord come through the winters of our life. I'd like you to listen to this song. Please. 
What a beautiful rendition it was, Sister Melody. Thank you that through the songs, through the song, we have been reminded life is not always a walk in the park. COVID times have reminded us of this vast truth that life can sometimes be nonsensical. But if we are discerning enough, we will see that the blessings of the Lord is always present. And so, my friends, accept both the bitter and the sweet. Because life is a combination of both. I'd like our camera to be settled here for a while. I'd like to make this quick illustration just for us to be reminded that life is both a combination of bitter and sweet. Pastor Albert, I know you don't like this vegetable. You have intimated to us many times over. But ampalaya or for the non-Filipinos, this is called, what do you call this? The bitter gourd, or bitter melon, they call it. Bitter gourd, ampalaya. One of the most bitter vegetables ever. And um, if, I were, if I were you, you better have this because, you know what, no matter how bitter this is, this is rich in vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin C, this is rich in potassium, this is good for the diabetic, this is good, good for people that are struggling with infertility, and all the host of benefits. But there's one caveat, this is bitter. And when I was young, I remember that my dad would slice portions of this, and he would ask me to take a taste of it. Let me try this now, okay? Mmm, it stings. Pero alam ko dahil may vitamin C. Oh, buti lang may tubig ako. But you see, I'm taking this time because, you know what? In the Hebrew Passover, if you look at the screen, in the Hebrew Passover, of all the kosher food that God would command the Hebrew believers to have, bitter herbs is one of them. You know why? Because God would say, every time you taste of the bitterness of this food, you will be reminded of the bitterness of your slavery in Egypt. You see, bitterness has a role to play in our lives. And so, I asked our Ate Josie at home, sabi ko, lutuan mo nga kami nang, 
And you see, my friends, kung meron kang pinakbet at walang ampalaya, hindi kompleto. Hmm. Paghinalo ni siya sa sa okra, hinalo, hinalo ni siya sa string beans, hinalo ni siya sa sa ibang ingredients. This bitter gourd is bitter no more. Or it, it's bitter still, and yet its taste, its flavor, is part of the great narrative called pinakbet. Sabi nga ng mga Ilocano. Part na yung lunch right after the service. And so, my friends, let me encourage you: accept the bitter and the sweet, because even an ampalaya can be used by God to give you a sumptuous lunch. Secondly, accept your lot in life. Declare na kung ano man ang pinahintulutan ng Diyos na mangyari sa buhay mo, declare that the boundary lines have fallen on pleasant places. Declare that, my friend. Accept that. Because if you'll struggle with your faith, if you'll struggle with your lot in life, you'll look around and you'll keep on comparing yourself with other people and there's no end to that. The poem, the Sederata, that Brother Rufi Granada posted a few weeks back in his Facebook would say, do not compare yourself with other people because you'll become vain or bitter because there will always be someone better or worse than you are. Accept your lot in life. Kung ano man binigay siya ng Diyos, accept it. And lastly, just accept the greater wisdom of the Lord in all the things that He allows in life. Accept it. Let me end with one final illustration, shall we? The people from the West Coast, they would have this special product called the codfish. And it was well sought after by the people in the East Coast, in the New York side. So they would catch this codfish, and they would put this codfish in freezers, frozen codfish, and the trucks would take them, probably five-day cross-country travel. But they realized when the codfish, the frozen codfish, reaches New York, the taste is gone, because codfish are not good when frozen. So business flunked. And so the people in the West thought of another thing. Maybe they could store fresh water in barrels and put some live codfish in there. So when they reach New York, the fish is still alive and it would satisfy the taste of the New Yorkers. You know what? Five days in the barrel with no movement, sedentary life, the codfish is still lost. It's taste. You know what they did? To make the business work, they realized codfish and catfish, they are natural enemies. So in that barrel of fresh water, they put codfish, they put catfish. You know what? In five days travel cross country, they would chase each other endlessly. They would be so actively at work. When they reached the destination, they had a taste that satisfied the customers. Don't you realize that sometimes God allows the catfishes of your life to come. God allows the bitter gourd to come because it brings out the flavor in you. It brings out the best in you. Everyone will say, Amen. We're posting our preaching devotional follow-through in our Facebook posts. And so I'd like you to discuss this. I'd like you to talk about the time when an unforeseen event happened unto you. 
How did this affect you? Share that with your family mates, with your DG mates. I'd like you to talk about how were you able to accept the situation that came upon you, that Job-like situation that happened to you. And lastly, why don't you share the precious life lesson that the Holy Spirit taught you through all of these pains that you had to experience. Because for Job, yes, he endured the bitterness. He endured the pain. But you've just got to fast forward to the 42nd chapter of this book. When, Job, when, the, when the book of Job would record that Job now came to repentance before God. He said, Lord, I know that you can do all things and no plan of yours can be thwarted. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself, and now I repent in dust and ashes. In other words, Job came to that point in his life when he had so much to say about God or against God, when he complained, when he just let out all the heartache as if God did not know anything about his plight. And because all of his friends, the three friends plus another friend, they came castigating Job, insisting that he had done something wrong. Job uttered words that were not really glorifying unto the Lord. And yet at the end, he repented. And the Lord accepted his repentance. And the, the book of Job ended by saying, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. There is power, my friends, when you accept the Lord's will. There is power when you roll with the punches, when you allow even the things that are beyond your understanding to just come. There is power when you put your faith anchored on the very promises of the Lord. That yes, Lord, these things, these times may not make sense for me. But Lord, thank you for allowing me to stay sharp. I will seek you, Lord, in all of these. I will seek your kingdom. I will seek your righteousness. I will hold firmly to the faith that I profess. And now, Lord, I will accept. For as long as I know that it comes from your heart. For as long as I know that it comes from your power. It might be too deep as a notion. It might be too deep as all things of the faith are deep. But Lord, by your grace, if I accept it in the course of time, I will come to understand that you have willed for me the perfection and the beauty of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone will say, Amen. Next week, we're going to talk about remembering. So, my assignment for you is read up on the book called Lamentations. It's a book written by the prophet Jeremiah. How he lamented when Israel had to go through the chastisement of the Lord. Remember. But today, let's focus on accepting. Because you know why? I have this one last message to show you. Jesus accepted the bitterness of the cross. Everything that humankind, sinful humanity ever did, the murder, the gossip, the blasphemy, the resentment, the laziness, the vanity, all of this, Jesus accepted the punishment that was due us 
that was due you. He accepted the pain and the bitterness of the cross. And because of that, by his wounds, we are healed.